0: Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it will help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory.
1: The first reading is from Isaiah, the second chapter. This is a vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountains of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The second reading is from Romans, the 13th chapter. This is all the more urgent for you to know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So, remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Here ends the reading.
0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood... The people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People did not realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be with when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill, one will be taken, the other left. So you... 2. Must keep watch. You don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready at all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Well, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from Jesus our Savior. Well, welcome to the season of Advent when we gather to wait for the birth of Jesus. But I think we need to begin with just a little bit of a confession. Today's gospel, it doesn't speak about Jesus coming as a babe in Bethlehem at all. Instead, it focuses on the second coming of Jesus at the end of times. And throughout the centuries, there have been all sorts of predictions about when this would take place. But you know what? None of those predictions have been correct, because we're still here. So here we are at this first Sunday of Advent. Now, given the context of this text from Matthew's Gospel, it's encouraging, because it tells us the followers of Jesus not to focus on predicting when Jesus will come again. Not even worry about it. Instead, just focus on being prepared for his, his return. And here is what I think. I think we all know a little bit about how to prepare for things that will take place. We've had some practice at it over times, Because we do this all the time. We're preparing for all sorts of events. And so we learn early on how to prepare for that spelling test, right? We practice spelling. Or we learn how to prepare for that game. We might dribble the ball down the uh, field or down the court. Or we know we're going to be a part of a music recital, and so we practice our piece, either vocally or we play it out or however that's done. Well, this past week, I think many of us were preparing for something to take place, and that was Thanksgiving on Thursday. Uh, we, we did that. And this year at our home, we hosted Thanksgiving dinner with friends. And we got ready for this celebration by cleaning our house a little bit. It needed a little straightening up. We shopped for the food for dinner. We set the table and we prepared part of the meal. Our friends brought other parts of the meal And we got ready for our guests to arrive at 5 o'clock p.m. And you know what? When that doorbell rang at 5.01, we were there and we were ready to greet them and ready to have a celebration. I think people know how to prepare and get ready for things to take place in their lives because we've had some practice doing that over time. But we can prepare for the coming of Jesus, too, by doing some things which are familiar, which keep us grounded in our faith, such as diving into scripture. Maybe this is a time when you want to pick up one of those devotionals as you leave worship today and dive into scripture, read what somebody has written and reflected upon, so you can reflect upon that as we move through the Advent season. We can also uh, clothe ourselves in Christ. That's what that Romans te- talked about. And we put, on, um, uh, we put on Christ. We live in love like Jesus. And that's kind of a great thing we can do as we prepare for the advent of Christ. I also think we can lean into God's future and God's hope for the world during this season and think about how that might be lived out And perhaps that's what we're doing when we participate in the Christmas gift program. We're participating in God's hope for the future of the world. We can die daily to sin and rise to new life. And that means just kind of being honest about who we are and what we do in the world. I think we can prepare for the coming of Jesus by living each day with great intention and mindfulness and really kind of choosing how we're going to move into the world and how we're going to be in the world. We can do what's honorable and good, and we can pray and worship like we're doing right now as a way to prepare for the coming of Jesus. All these familiar faith practices help us be ready for Jesus coming into our life, and we will often encounter Jesus by doing these things because Jesus has promised to be there. However, we also live in this tension. We know that every once in a while, there are times when we are caught off guard by something, even though we know it's going to take place. This past week, I read a blog by a pastor named Rick Worley, who wrote about what happened in his household when his wife went into labor with their first child. As he describes it, it all started when he suddenly hears his wife yelling his name from upstairs while he was just laying on the couch, zoning out, watching television. And then she shouted again, Rick, my water broke. And Rick said with that announcement, he went from being a couch potato to a man on fire with a million things to do before he and his wife stepped out the door to drive to the hospital which was about an hour away. Well, one of the first things he started to do was he started the washer and threw all the clothes on their laundry room floor into it because he hadn't done the wash. Anyway, his wife enters the room and asks him, what are you doing? He says, laundry. We will need clothes before we go off to spend a couple days at the hospital. That was greeted by silence. And finally she said to him, Rick, we don't have time for the laundry. We need to go to the hospital now. And off they went. You see, it was their first child, and Rick, as he describes it, was unprepared in terms of clean clothes and underwear. And what else needed to be done before they could leave? If he was unprepared, he was just going to have to go with the clothes he's had. And that was that, And off they went to the hospital. Well, these words from Matthew's Gospel, which call us to be prepared and ready at all times, do serve as a good reminder for us. We are to be awake, and we are to be vigilant. The words we read today were spoken by Jesus the week before he died on the cross. Not early on, but the week before he died on the cross. And Jesus knew that things were going to get real really quick for him and his disciples. And the message Jesus wanted to give his disciples were this, that they needed to be prepared for whatever was going to take place. You see, a major part of our faith is continually preparing ourselves spiritually. We are never done. We are never finished when it uh, comes to faith. God's grace and love and mercy have so much to give us, we can always dive in deeper, we can always explore more what that faith means as part of our day-to-day living. And what is the reason for all this preparedness? Well, because God's love and God's kingdom might just break in at any moment when we least expect it, like a thief in the night. And we never know when God's kingdom and God's love is going to be revealed, it can come. It's unpredictable. It's a surprise. And Jesus wanted the disciples to be ready for that inbreaking when it came. And probably in some ways, he wanted them to be ready for his death and his resurrection that would be taking place within that week. Well, as a pastor, I have spent some time listening to people talk about their experiences with God. And though there are great differences, because God tends to come into people's lives in a particular, personal, unique way, there are also some common themes which we might see. And one of those most common themes is surprise, that God comes like a thief in the night when they least expect it. And I have to tell you, there was a time when I thought God mostly came to people when they were going through tough times. Their nerves were frayed, emotions were raw, and there was a difficult or tragic event that happened to them. Therefore, they were perhaps more open to the incursions of God into their lives because they needed God, so God came to them. But after listening to people describe their actual experiences of the advent of God into their lives, I have to admit that God often seemed to come to people when they weren't prepared, weren't looking for it, weren't expecting it, maybe didn't even think they needed God. Things were just going along fine. And yet God came to them. And, and some call this the third coming of Jesus. He comes at Bethlehem. He'll come again, the second coming. But the third coming is when this little babe, this babe in Bethlehem comes to us where we are. And it's the third coming of Jesus. Well, the stories I heard about from people is about God coming to them. It's that sometimes people will say, I was driving to work and this thing happened. Or they say, I was sitting at the breakfast table reading the paper and all of a sudden this happened. Or I was quietly watching television and this came about. Or they woke up in the morning and something really stirred them and moved them in that moment. Or they were in an airport and something happened that just kind of made everything different for them because they met Christ there. Or they were volunteering at school or church, or they were walking outside in nature. God came to them when they least expected, weren't looking for it at all. Well, this made me reflect on our walk on the Camino in Spain. The pilgrims that I was walking with, and my, myself included, Um, experience God being present with them as they walk, kind of in unusual, I don't want to say unusual, but in particular ways. And we often experience God in Christ in the others that we met along the way, and that was just a beautiful thing. I think many would say that as we walked, we encountered God in nature, and by what we saw as we walked through the beautiful Spanish countryside, But then there were even these signs along the way that people had put up. And often they had just messages that seemed to be the very right thing that we needed to hear, that I needed to hear at that moment, such as Jesus loves you, or Jesus loves the world, or all are included. God's arrival into the pilgrims' lives came in surprising new ways that none of us probably really expected. You see, we have a strange thief who loves us, and that thief is God. God does not come to uh, rip us off or steal from us, but God comes to give us what we need. And sometimes, when we least expect it, the divine thief steals in among us and surprises us with his gifts and love that we did not know we needed or wanted. Sometimes God comes giving us deep reassurance and hope and strength even when we did not ask for any of those gifts what a thief really what a god we have from my advisor in seminary dr ron halls ron was an old testament professor and his expertise was in the book of ezekiel and the psalms And Steve and I were very fortunate to continue our friendship with this very quirky, unusual man for almost 35 years. He uh, died last year. But in that letter he wrote in 2012, he said this. These Christmas letters have regularly given me reason to review the preceding year. And often I have categorized those 12 months as ups and downs. But 2012 uniquely demands that I write about downs and ups. My spinal stenosis filled January to September with largely ineffective efforts to ease my pain, especially in my left hip. My family doctor would not okay me to take pain medicine except six extra-strength Tylenol a day. A weekly massage did help a little, but the nights were the worst. I could never find a comfortable way to sleep. But one morning in early October, I awoke to discover my left hip was virtually pain-free. Of course, I moved it around a few times to feel if this was really true, and it was, It took ten minutes so of walking around to feel like I was fully limber, but I was pain free. Since Jimmy Swaggart wasn't around, I had to give credit for this healing to the surprising grace of God. Now remember that the study of the Psalms was Ron's expertise, so then he continued The reason for this lengthy detail is that the thank-offering psalms inveigh regularly against keeping silent on the part of those whose complaints have been heard. If you don't sing out your story, you are frustrating part of God's purposes, for his answering your plea is not aimed for you alone. Rather, it is through your response of praise, the whole world is invited to join in celebrating what a great God we have and show how God comes into people's lives with saving actions. Well, after speaking about his miraculous healing and his sharing of gratitude to God for what had taken place, Ron finished his letter by saying there was another bright spot for him. He was beginning regular Meals on Wheels and having light housekeeping services from the Licking County uh, Program on Aging come into his home. And the woman who spoke with him reminded him that there was absolutely no tipping with these programs, which made Ron kind of happy because he was a very frugal person. <laughs> well, Ron closed the letter saying he might not be able to tip these people, but he thought he would be, uh, it would be okay to continue to give thanks for his healing and for the other surprising ways God came into his life in 2012. In this season of Advent, we live in this tension of preparing for, but also knowing we might just be surprised by the intrusions of Christ among us. So, keep awake. Be expectant. Be uh, prepared. Practice your faith. And remember that Jesus comes, uh, love comes to us in ways we don't expect, and at times we have not planned, but yet Jesus comes. Jesus comes like a thief in the night, like a blessed and wonderful thief in the night, not taking things away from us, but sharing God's grace with us and the world. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.